Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Episode 50, the Golden Jubilee episode with guest host Brett Burney interviewing the Tech Savvy Lawyer. I'm Michael D. Eisenberg. I'm the Tech Savvy Lawyer, blogging at the techsavvylawyer.page and host of the techsavvylawyer.page podcast. In this podcast series, I'll be interviewing lawyers, judges, and others in the area of law to talk about where they see lawyers new and seasoned, taking advantage of technology in their legal work, and how all lawyers can utilize technology to better their practice, improve their services to their clients, and enhance their own lives. Hey, everyone. We made it to 50 episodes of the TechSavvyLawyer.page podcast. This release comes right after my award for the American Legal Technology Award individual category for the TechSavvyLawyer.page podcast. Previous podcast guest, Brett Burney of Burney Consultants, Apps and Law podcast, and In the News podcast was nice enough to come back and interview your regular TCLP podcast host, Michael D. G. Eisenberg, about how I use technology in my law practice. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and hello, Mike. Welcome to your podcast <laughs> i feel like i, I okay let, let, let's make sure that everybody kind of understands what's going on here my name is brett bernie and i have the distinct honor of welcoming you michael to your 50th episode of the tech savvy lawyer podcast how fantastic is that congratulations by the way well thank you very much i greatly appreciate that and i'm thrilled to be here uh, as a guest on my own <laughs> podcast but obviously we'll just turn the tables a little bit this is this exactly. is really fantastic exactly i mean you know me interviewing myself well that's kind of <laughs> like you know I, I can be charismatic but i think that'd be a little bit boring for the listener right you know, right this way this way we have a little bit more of a dialogue and i appreciate you coming back and doing this for me oh absolutely and, and your podcast episode was really popular and we want to have you back and of course Good. Where are you podcasting right now with your buddy Jeff? Oh my! Okay, well, yes. thank you because yes, uh, th this—I this is, know the the times that we have encountered each other across mm -hmm. paths, Michael. We've usually start nerding out on all kinds of stuff, and it's funny how people just kind of like move away from us. But I love that. So I know we've been talking about podcasting for so such a long time, and uh, yeah, one of the things that I've had a very enjoyable experience with is with Jeff Richardson, who is an appellate lawyer down in New Orleans, and he is the author of iPhoneJD.com, which is a blog that he's been writing for years now and he comes out every every friday with yep. an in the news post right where he talks about like here are some of the things that that have been happening in the technology side that that lawyers and business professionals would be interested in and i've presented with jeff many times and so we, we we've just turned that into a weekly podcast now just simply called in the news and we just talk about a nerd out really 
on all the things that have been happening over the past week. A lot of mostly Apple stuff, you know, iPhones and the AirPods and the new Apple Watch and a lot of that kind of stuff. So anyway, thank you very much, Michael. But it is truly an honor to be here with you. I've always enjoyed your content and your podcast. You always have some 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 nifty, like quirky type of topics that I don't think a lot of other people talk about. And that's just always enjoyable. I always appreciate listening to your podcast. You're very kind, sir. Thank you. Absolutely. Okay, so let's jump into it on your podcast. Okay. <laughs> Interviewing you. I just love how the, the tables are turned here. Absolutely. Why don't we why don't we start off? You describe your current tech setup a little bit here, Michael. Okay. I know that I know you know faithful listeners probably could glean several things over all of these episodes and the different things that you're using, but why don't we establish that in a formal situation? What is your current tech setup? What are some of the things that you're using right now, Michael, that are helping you get your work done? Well, everyone get ready for a laundry list because I was thinking about this today. <laughs> so to, to start off, I have a 2022 Mac Studio with an M1 Ultra Ooh. chip, two terabytes and 128 gigs of RAM. Now, <laughs> is that all? <laughs> well, the thing is, I'm telling all the lawyers out there that are listening to this, you don't need what I have. Yeah, that's a little overkill. <laughs> absolutely. I got this because I'm trying to get more into content creation whether yeah. it be video or audio, right, et cetera. Right. And I needed to have a much more powerful machine. And I think it's really important that regardless of what you're doing with a computer, whether you're an attorney, whether you're a student or a content creator, it's important to get a little bit more than what you need. Because yeah. this way you That's never true. have to worry about having enough resources to get the work done. Because the last right. thing you need to be doing is stressing out your resources, your RAM, your storage, your processors, because you're right. trying to get something done. It's like, oh my gosh, right. my Max, I can't get this done. It's going to crash. I rather have a little bit more than what I need. And this way I never have to worry. Very I, nice. But I, go down the list. I also have a magic keyboard with a touch ID and numeric keypad. Yeah, very I nice. love that because it's so much easier to update software and to get into your passwords just with the touch of your finger. Now, I yeah. also have an Apple Watch that's connected. And of course, you know, you can, you can tap on that and allow yourself to unlock whatever it is you need to unlock. Um, but it's, it may be a little overkill, but that Touch ID makes things go so quickly. Absolutely. And I, I, I don't know about you, Michael, but I use mine in conjunction with 1Password, but you could probably yes. do the same yes. with like LastPass yes. or something like yes. that. It makes it so easy. Oh my gosh. And you know, it's interesting. I'm writing, I'm currently writing an article that hopefully will be out before this podcast is released about login burnout. Believe it or not. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> login. I mean, which I can't understand is people are burnt out about logging into their computers. And I think one of the things that you need is a password manager to reduce the number of passwords you have to worry about. And because absolutely. Knows, you have a ton of things you have to log into both personal and professionally, and all your passwords should be different. Meanwhile, exactly. That's the key. They all need to be different. Exactly. But people seem not to remember that. And they also need to be something not simple like password or right. temp or your birthday. <laughs> and it needs to be different. Um, so that is computer one. Computer two. Oh boy. Okay. This, this, is, this is my computer going out. Uh, it's a 2019 iMac 27. It has an Intel chip oh, with nice. a one terabyte, 64 gigs of RAM, and is at the end of a lease. So in past purchases, they were leases. This way, yes. not so much money up front, 
because you know a lot of small business uh, owners, a lot of solo practitioners don't have a lot of money to usually you know pass out left and right, mm-hmm. especially for a major purchase like a Mac computer. And this way, I could always upgrade every three years so that when the new right. thing comes out, maybe your computer's getting a little old. I'm not saying outdated, but old. It's easy just to move into the next purchase. Yeah. Yeah. I've done that. Apple makes it really easy to do a lease like that too, Michael. But I will just say quickly, one of the ways that I do it now is with the Apple card, the Apple credit yes. card. Yes. They let you do 12 you know, month yeah. pay- payments without any interest. And man, it's almost like it's too easy. <laughs> I find that it's like I do an iPad and I, oh, I can do an AirPods Pro and then I'll, you know, I'll just pay that off in the year. But if you have the Apple credit card that way and you use that with the Apple store, it really is very easy and very seamless. My third computer is a MacBook Pro M116 from 2021. Mm. It's a one terabyte, 32 gigs of RAM. I have a laptop, which actually I got October of last year because I recognized I was going to be traveling more. So I needed more than just an iMac because right. before COVID happened, I'd love to like take my laptop and go to a Starbucks or a coffee house just to get out of the office at the house and just have something a little bit different. And of course, when you do travel and you know, you and I used to travel a lot more for right. work, mm-hmm. you know, for hearings and depositions and whatnot. But now that's kind of tempered down because of COVID virtual hearings that we don't do that as much, but you know, I still travel and I need to have something with me that's powerful, but not overkill, reliable, and just something I could take with me. And, you know, I like the 16 inch, the larger screens versus say the MacBook Airs, right. the smaller screen, because I like to have a lot of real estate when I'm traveling and looking at, at, at you know, at the work I'm doing. Right, um, exactly. The last computer I have and this is sort of because I have to make the blog legit is I have a Microsoft Surface Pro 6 with an <laughs> i7, a 1.9 forward slash 2.11 uh, gigahertz, 16 gigs of RAM. And I think a, again, a half a terabyte of storage. Um, wow. you, just, you just have to balance it out a little bit, right? You need yes, a little windows it, to balance out all that Mac, all those and, apples. <laughs> and I tell you, I've had it for two, a couple several years. I, I really don't like it. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I don't like it. I did not like Windows 10. Windows 11 is a little bit better, but it's just not, in my mind, intuitive. Mm. It It's not easy to maneuver, but, you know, some people can whiz around on it without any problems. So, right. Right. you know, to each their own, as long as you're happy, but moving on. Yeah, so that's your four computers (laughs) that you went through. Wow, that's great. It it will be three. It will be three. Okay, okay. Because the lease on the iMac is about over. Right. So that'll be gone. But I do have an iPad Pro M1 12.9 with, uh, it's the Wi-Fi cellular with half a terabyte of storage. And what does that come with? 16 gigs of RAM? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I think that's what it comes built with. And that is my media consumption when I'm on the elliptical or on travel or right. just elsewhere in the house. And I just don't want to carry anything else with me. But, you know, for reading books, for watching videos, checking emails, doing some fun research, et cetera, uh, that's what I got. And then, of course, and I'm sure you probably have the same one, the iPhone <laughs> 13 Pro. Plus Max? Well, actually, I did not upgrade last year, Michael. So I am still on the 12 Pro. But boy, Heidi, I didn't I didn't pre-order it, but I'm waiting for the 14 Pro for sure. It looked really, really good. Now, wait a minute. I'm a little confused here. (laughs) 
you're not on a cycle with the phone and your carrier? I was actually in, you know, we were just talking about that with the right. lease and Apple has, has had a good system to where they allow you to upgrade, you know, every year if you wanted to do that. Right. And there was a couple of other reasons, like just this past year, I didn't want to, I mean, we still pay for the two years, but after right. a year, you know, you could, you could upgrade it. And I just, it, when the 13 came out, it was, it was good. And I was, I was tempted, but for a couple of other reasons, I was just like, no, I, I don't, I'm just not going to have to jump into it this cycle. I've been extremely pleased, even still with the 12 pro but mm -hmm. you know the 14's out now it's time for me to upgrade what are you seeing that's different between the 12 and the 14 that you're like i i gotta get this Oh, well, I mean, probably could have even done the 13 and and been happy with that. Mm -hmm. It's always a faster processor. To me, it's right. just the more responsiveness aspect of it. I like, it, this is very, very small, but I like the always on component mm -hmm. of the iPhone 14 Pro because I've had an Apple Watch that had that with the always mm -hmm. on component. And I'm going to upgrade the Apple Watch as well. I've got a lot I got to spend <laughs> pretty yeah. soon here. But I just know I wanted that. I mean, in the cameras, of course, the cameras yes. are just yes. getting so good so darn good on these iPhones and I knew that when the 14 was going to come out it was it was going to be something spectacular and it is and so yeah I'll be up upgrading for for that I don't know if your wife does the same thing but mine still carries her older iPhone with her I'm always happy to upgrade when she wants but she's got the 10 oh yeah I can always tell the differences uh-huh I can always tell the difference between my shots and her shots yeah she doesn't get the pro yeah and the you know it's always a little fuzzier it's always a little whatever and i could tell mine she's like I, let me take the picture i'm like well my camera's better dear so let yeah, me yeah. <laughs> use my phone um she, she kind of gets a little bit you know like, but you know hey well, um, you know, I just quickly, my wife has a please. 10 as well. And, and here's the thing michael i find like they aren't bad pictures right it's right. just when you compare them to yes. a picture taken on a more recent, like I was looking at Jeff and I were talking about it, you know, pictures taken on an iPhone seven. And I remember when I had an iPhone seven, those pictures were fantastic. Right. But now if, and, and, and they still are, except that when you compare them to a picture taken on the 13 or the 14, it's like, whoa, that doesn't look so good. But at the time it was great. So they're not bad. It's just in comparison sometimes. Well, you know, it's funny. I, I assume you're on Facebook. If I remember correctly. Yes, of course. And, and I'm on Facebook and everyone else is on Facebook. And of course you get that. <laughs> hey, do you remember this from 10 years ago? Right. And you took it with an iPhone 7. Uh -huh. and you compare it to your iPhone 13 <laughs> pictures. You could tell a huge difference. You could tell. I mean, you kind of tell like the year, the quality and what iPhone that was based on the quality of the picture. Right. It's right. Just, it, it's always, Interesting. you know, nostalgia. And of course, you and I both have, and I have an Apple Watch. I have an Apple uh -huh. Watch Series 4. You mentioned you were going to upgrade oh, this Oh, boy. Year. Yeah, yeah. Why? So I still have a 5. And okay. I remember, we, you know, people would talk about, like, the, the, the 6 wasn't that big of an upgrade. And then, of course, the 7, a lot of people didn't upgrade to the 6, but they went from, you know, the 5 to the 7. I remember David right. Sparks we've talked about before, yeah. and even Jeff Richardson, my friend, you know, mentioned that he did that. But man, with the eight, I'm 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 really interested in that. You know, it has a new temperature sensor, but then of course Apple did something a little even newer this year, right. and that is announcing the 
Apple Watch Ultra. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which I know. It just sounds like it just sounds a little ridiculous. Like I don't I don't think you really need this unless you run Ironmans like every right. month or something like that, right? But nonetheless, <laughs> Michael, I am still so tempted because it just it looks cool. It's like it's gonna be even beefier. It is a little big. It is a chunky boy. I mean, it is right. a pretty big guy on 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 your wrist. And it only comes in like that one size. But um, you know, I don't I don't know. I keep looking looking at it and and I keep going well I could save a couple of hundred dollars you know by going to the regular watch but to me the Apple watch is becoming almost indispensable from almost everything that I do every day you mentioned like even using it from a security standpoint yep. unlocking my phone I use it in a fitness regimen yes. I oh, mean yes. just the text messages like mm -hmm. I find that my Apple watch is becoming so indispensable and in everything you know throughout the day in conjunction with using my iPhone so I know to me <laughs> the way that Jeff likes to, to justify it he says it is expensive but if you think about it as a very nice piece of jewelry that you wear every day <laughs> then maybe that could help you know soften the blow a little bit <laughs> then I can guess that you have the stainless steel version I do not actually, but it's funny you, you mentioned that. How because can you not have the sales? I version? know when we were talking about this, that's what is getting me. Like you can get an Apple Watch Series Eight. It, this may be too much, you know. The people are, are tired of hearing about, but you can get a stainless steel Apple Watch Eight, which is a, usually a premium, right? You're paying right. about three hundred dollars more than normal, right? But once you do that and you price that out, Michael, you're only about fifty dollars away from the ultra version which then you can get titanium instead of right. stainless steel <laughs> well, so these are just the weird calculations that happen in my nerdy mind you know the thing is about the stainless steel version you have the ceramic version right so the thing is that i remember reading an article about i was trying to determine which one i was going to get when the first one came out the zero right. model came out right you know, do, I, do i get the the ceramic one do i get the stainless steel one i'm not getting the gold plated whatever one for eleven thousand right. dollars. that's that's not gonna happen <laughs> i think i'd be divorced if that happened but i read an article and the guy was writing about he has the, the same kind of decision to make and he was talking to his mother and his mom's like if you're going to go into a courtroom and you're going to have the jury or whoever the professionals look at you and they're going to see your watch mm. you don't want them to see that they have a ceramic <laughs> they need to have that you have a professional stainless steel and the, yeah. the watch band i have is from the first apple watch i got you know so many years ago i got the zero right. and i got you know the stainless steel band yeah. And when I upgraded it later, I just got the the plastic cheap band. Right, right. Because I didn't because I didn't need another, you know, stainless steel band. And on top of that, you can get like some decent stuff off of Amazon or wherever. Yeah, you can. That's, right. that's third party. And I haven't gotten into the watch band collection, although there is a <laughs> other stainless steel band I might get with a red design on it. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. That's that's neither here nor there, as they say. Yeah, but I just I would just say quickly, I love, you know, the fact that we've had Apple watches now series eight. I mean, we've almost had it around for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Apple is still doing watch band compatibility, yes. even with some of those first watches, that's pretty incredible. I mean, there's a whole other market like you alluded to. Mm -hmm. in the fact that, you know, you can still get watch bands from a variety of different places and they still work with the watch zero all the way up to even they'll work now with the Apple watch ultra. That's pretty incredible that Apple is keeping that compatibility over all the models 
which is kind of weird given the fact that you have every year it's a new iPhone, every year it's a you know new right. smartphone, and you have to get a new case for it. You're kind of uh -huh. crazy not to have a case on your phone, right? Because that's how that's how you lose these things. And you know, the repair process, at least with Apple, is pretty decent, but still, right. I mean, you're gonna drop it. I think I remember the one time I, I had one of my older phones not in a case and it dropped and it shattered the screen. Oof. And I was like, you know, I went to one of the third party dealers and they fixed it, whatever. And, you know, but still it's like, it's like you know, I went to cry. But believe it or not, we are, hold on, we're not even, we're not even a halfway through the list. Oh, do speed round then. Let's go. Yes. Because yes, I want to hear. <laughs> yeah, so. So again, to keep the blog legitimate and unbiased, I have a Samsung S22. That is the phone and phone number for the blog. I have an Apple XDR display, the 6K display. Ooh, it's gorgeous. You yeah. look gorgeous in front of me on the Thank Zoom video. You. Thank you. And to my left and right, I've got two 4K LG monitors. I like that. Nice. I have, I've got the three monitors Multiple. Set up. Yeah. Yes. For my cam, I've got both a 4K Brio, Logitech Brio, and then a Logitech that's a 1081 that I got like, you know, I think like 15 years ago uh -huh. when they were making that. Of course, I have, and I'm sure every other attorney has, a Fujitsu ScanStamp. Yes. Actually, the one I have is the iX1600. Yeah. That is fantastic. Good. And although not using it as much, but still need to use it every now and then. And you know, I just, I, I'm just going to quickly say that I, I found the exact same thing, Michael, because honestly, we were just talking about the cameras on the phones. Mm -hmm. I use a great little app called Scanner Pro on my iPhone. Right. And Michael, I have found more times than not, I'll just pull up that app, right. take a picture of the document, convert it into a PDF. It's OCR is yeah. it. And that's been more than sufficient to where I don't even have my, I don't think my scan snap is even plugged in like all the time, which is a little crazy, but you know, it's not for everybody and it depends on all your workflow, but right. anyway, it just is interesting that you said the same thing about that scan snap. I love the scan snaps. Don't get me wrong, but I found that the cameras on the iPhone and the apps are doing just as good of a job these days. Well, the practice that I have, I had a lot of medical documents and a lot of right, administrative. Right. I mean, we're talking like thousands. Yeah, exactly. Of, of pages. And so even then I get like from clients, large packets of files that need to be scanned. And then, you know, I OCR, I, I email them a copy of their electronic file and I mail that paperwork back because the last thing I really want in an office is paperwork. Right. <laughs> but speaking of paperwork and actually, which I use less now is my HP LaserJet Enterprise M507. Oh my, okay. So yeah, it's it was like 500 bucks and it does automatic front and back. Which yeah, duplex is a, printing. Yeah, I love it. It just saves so, so much time and paper and space. Now, one little device I showed you a few moments ago off mic was the mute me button. It's a little button that lights up different colors depending on how you want you set the preferences. So yeah. that you just tap the button and your podcast or video is muted. I love that because even with, and that works with Zoom, I'm assuming, right? Yeah. In yeah. the sense I mean, that now I have to like go and, you know, move my cursor. Right. Am I muted or not muted? But what you were showing me there, you know, it just lights up so that mm -hmm. you can tell immediately at a glance right. whether you're muted or not. That's great. So right now we're green for go. And when I mute myself, it turns red. And you could change the colors. You could change how it flashes and all that kind of fun stuff. Oh, that's uh, great. But it, it's, it's really nice. And it's like 20, 30 bucks, I think. 
Yeah. Don't quote oh. me on it. And it's nice. So I have two Loom Cube lights. I don't have them on right now because this is a podcast, not a video cast. <laughs> right. So I'm not going to like blind myself left and right. And I use the Elgato Mount Arm and Base to mm. house some of the lights and some of the other devices, including right. uh, sometimes my webcam, depending on where I have it based. Now, another thing for the webcam, and this is not tech, is the PlexiCam. It's a clear mount that you put right over your monitor. It allows you to put your camera or your, your web directly in front of you. And you could position the windows of your conference, like for instance, Zoom. And right. I can put your photo or your webcam right above the camera so that when I'm looking at your video, it looks like I'm looking right at you. Oh, that's great. This way, it gives that, especially for lawyers, you need to have that personal connection when Absolutely. you're trying to sell your case. You know. Yeah, and I, and I love it because even when you first turn your camera on, I could see, I mean, you are looking directly at me and I'm not looking up your nose or, you know, you're not like way off in the distance somewhere. Like that makes a big difference. I like that Plexicam. Or, or down on our bald heads. Right, um, yeah, that too. Another little device I have is called BenQ monitor lights. Oh and yeah. What it is, so in the sense that you, you hang the Plexicam mount for your webcam, these are lights that you mount right on top of your monitors and that you could turn them on and off and it gives you desk so much light. Yeah. And it's just nice to have. So I have one on one monitor. I'm going to get one for the other monitor. It hangs just so nicely right on the monitor. It doesn't obscure the screen. It doesn't give glare. You can set it up nicely. They're like a hundred bucks each, I think on Amazon. The model I use is the BenQ and also Little plastic devices I use are some monitor shelves, not shelves for the monitors, mm. but shelves you could put on top of the monitor for a little extra shelf room. Oh, that's great. So they're like, it's like 13 bucks for a pair of two. And you could put like on a 27 inch monitor, you can put one on you know, sort of each side. And, you know, I put everything like the various coffee cups that I have in the office, my AirPods pros, you know, where they'll stand up there charging. Right. You know, you can you can put your lights on there if you want. You can put anything you want up there just to help get stuff off your desk. Of course, the mic I use is a Blue Yeti mic. Uh -huh. I've been using that for the last couple of years. And while it's not as fancy as your mic, because um, <laughs> yeah, I commented to you earlier before we started, it's like, you know, your voice sounds deeper and richer yeah. than when we did the <laughs> podcast a couple of years ago. So I, I, it's clear you've upgraded your mics. Yeah. But good. But I think you know, I'm, I'm glad you're mentioning the audio version and I'm thinking, and I'm glad you're mentioning the lighting too. You know, uh, all that we've been doing for the past couple of years, you know, on the zooming aspect, mm -hmm. you don't need a good microphone or certainly not a fancy microphone. You don't need lighting, but man, it really does help add to it a little bit, you know, and just making sure that people can see you adequately, like just paying attention to some of those small things, Mike, I know that you do, but I'm just saying for a lot of other folks, it, it can really up your game a little bit, you know, when you sign on similar to what you were talking about with the watch, you know, and just other little things like that. It's really important that people use some form of headphones, whether it's wireless or wired, yeah. because you want to reduce the echo. You want the mic to be at least a little bit better than the one that's built into your computer, whether it's a Windows machine or an Apple machine, because the one that's built in stinks. You want to make sure you keep down the reverberation of background echo from right. your voice, the people you're talking to. It just, it really improves the recording so much. And actually your presentation, because you sound, you sound like an adult, you sound like a professional and right. you're not annoyed by all the other stuff going on in the background. Now, the last few things that I have here are Harman Kardon computer speakers with a bass. 
Oh, yeah. I've had this for 20 years. I've gone through so <laughs> wow. many computers. I mean, I got these when I got a Dell computer back in 2002, 2003. <laughs> and the speakers have survived with great quality for 20 years. Unlike the Dell computer, great. not to pick on Dell. Um, <laughs> Didn't survive 20 years, huh? <laughs> did not survive 20 years. Although I started using it for the practice when I started the practice 16 plus years ago. And at some point something happened. And let's just say I beat the machine to death. And then I realized, hey, I'm the boss. I can get whatever computer I want. And I, uh -huh. <laughs> and I haven't looked back. I have Hue lights, smart lights. Oh, yeah. Which I think, you know, is just a nice little add-on. Now, what you can't see here is I've got this great glass desk, this L-shaped glass desk, and okay. it's got tempered glass on it. I got it from Room and Board out of D.C. They're, they're nationally known, but they make some really good, hard, stable furniture. And you know, it was a little bit of investment, but underneath the glass, I put some Hue lights Ooh. underneath it to help light up the desk. And then also with the hue lights, you can start the mood sometimes. You know, you want a little bit, you know, this, a little <laughs> bit that. Or when I'm in my office, like for the last hour, like at night, like at 10 o'clock at night, I'll come in here and I'll play Nintendo on the computer I have in here. I can yeah. Down for the gaming aspect so I can get out my aggression for the day. I've got a stream deck from Agalto that I'm still playing with. And then, believe it or not, I have a generic CD, DVD, rewrite drive that I still have to make, you know, copies of large files for clients. And right. That is it. We won't talk Woo. about. That was great, though. My Grogu, who's hanging out in the background, <laughs> or my Korg, yeah, or <laughs> the plant that I nicknamed Great Grandma Rebecca, <laughs> that actually started as a leaf from a plant of my Great Grandma Rebecca's. Oh, that well, that's nice. I put in the background here, and you know, sort of, kind of keeping the family alive, so to speak. Yeah, but that is my tech setup in a nutshell. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, good. And I just get so excited as I'm hearing you talk about it. But hopefully that was that was helpful for for some listeners as well. Okay, so I tell you what, let's let's get into some substance questions, Michael, because things I think Ow. people people want Ow. to know. Now, Mike, it has been a tremendous journey for you. I know after what almost three years, right? And you've got fifty episodes in yep. the can already of the Tech Savvy Lawyer podcast, and of course, you're nowhere near being done with that. But after all of these episodes, what are three most common mistakes that you see lawyers still making with technology? The first has got to be security. Yeah. Lawyers are still not paying attention to security. We could talk about not having passwords just for the mm -hmm. laptops, using VPN when they're out and about, and basically having their hard drives encrypted. You know, it's very easy to do both with Macs and Windows to have right. your office hard drive encrypted. Now, why do I have to have my office hard drive encrypted at home? Well, if someone breaks in and steals it, you're screwed. Mm -hmm. Right. With VPNs, virtual private networks, uh, you know, if you're going to be at Starbucks or if you're on vacation or traveling for work or wherever, and you're lopping onto some Wi-Fi, you need to make right. sure that your stuff is protected. Because yeah. I, I guarantee it, there are people out there snooping. Or if you're, unfortunately, sucker into getting into the Starbucks, but misspelled with, you know, S-T-E-R-B-I-C-K-S, <laughs> right. and you log into it, well, there goes all your personal information and your right. client's information. Right. And was it rule 1.1 comment 8 that That's right. you need to be 
aware of these types of technical fallacies. Yeah, the benefits and risks associated with the technology that you're using, exactly. And, and going back, the first one, of course, is passwords. You have yeah. to have you know passwords for your computer. You have to have passwords for your various accounts. I mean, we, we all use a lot of cloud accounts, whether it's Lexus or Clio or Rocket Matter right. or you know, logging into Facebook, et cetera, you need to have different passwords and you need to have, we well, need to have passwords, but they also have to be different passwords for one another. And they have to be a little bit complex. And, you know, you and I were talking off mic earlier about how, you know, there's login fatigue yeah. basically because people are tired of remembering passwords. Well, if you can reduce the number of passwords you need to know, for instance, just to log into your computer, right. and of course, into your password manager, like one password that you and I both love, all the better. And, you know, you can get corporate password managers that allow the office to give everyone who works with them a password right. manager, their own right. account. And this way, when they're gone, they can basically change that password easily and make sure that they're also using good practice password management. Yeah, that's all great. All great stuff. So two, backing up. People are not oh, backing yeah. up. Yeah. You got to back up, back up, back up, back up. You've got to do the three, two, one rule. Usually three different backups, right? Two different sites for one right. device. And right. you know, I not to pick on David Sparks, I know he doesn't consider Dropbox to be a source of a backup. <laughs> right. I do. I do because it's yeah. constantly in sync. You're just backing up your files. Right. And you can get access to it anywhere. I also use Backblaze, which I think is fantastic. Exactly. Do you use Backblaze? I do. And Davis mm -hmm. Marks does as well. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, I, I love to hear talk about, about Dropbox quickly, Michael. I just find that many times I mention it and th people think, well, you know, that's just Dropbox. I have to, like, go to Dropbox.com and log in. But you already mentioned it quickly. A lot of people don't realize, I, I find, that you can synchronize the files that you want synchronizing right. to your local computer. Yep. and they're still in the cloud. But the great thing about it is if you make a change locally on a file that you sync down to your computer, it'll synchronize back up to the cloud as well. Now, I don't download all of my Dropbox folders, but to your point, I do think of it in almost the exact same way, Michael, that it's not my only backup option because right. I would never say that people have it as their only backup option. But I do think about it that way because I do have local copies and I, you know, that are synchronized with the mm -hmm. online copies. And there are many times where I think of it that way is like, okay, if I can't get to the copy, you know, online or can't get it on local, then I can always go to the online version as well, or the well, other one. Another thing about Dropbox, and this sort of goes to my third of four backup sources is there's a copy on my heart on my laptop. Yes, I have a copy on my laptop, right? That also constantly syncs with Dropbox. So I've got three copies there. And then of course, a fourth copy is Time Machine. Yeah. But going That's back great. to Dropbox for a second, you know, what people seem to forget is Dropbox does and can keep prior versions. Yeah. So you may not have as, as long as you're paying on, for it, right? right. Not the free version. You, Make right. sure you pay right. for it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And quite frankly, if you are an attorney and you're uh -huh. doing some sort of free version, yes. uh, you're, I mean, almost any software, you're probably not using the best 1.1 common A. Totally agree. You know, rules. Yeah. And then lastly, and actually it was funny, you and I were talking about him earlier because it relates to this answer, is that you've got to know your case. Technology does not replace knowing your case. Yeah. As, as fancy or elaborate as your presentation may be, you've got to know the substance of your case. And that was actually the first thing that Judge Dixon and I talked about 
on the first episode of the TechSavalier.page Episode number one. That's right. (laughs) And it just, you know, he was a great guest. I spoke to him recently. And he's a great guy. And I hope to have him back on. And of course, I hope to have you back on. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm here now. This is so fun interviewing (laughs) you on your podcast, Michael. Thank you again. You're welcome. Uh, Well, thank you. I appreciate you doing this. But I think we answered question number one. Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic on the mistakes there, Michael. Now we have really talked a little bit of the Apple heavy side (laughs) with a lot of the products that you're using and I'm right there with you. How about, could, could you just run down quickly for folks? What are the top three reasons that you maybe recommend to some folks about being an Apple office versus a windows office? I know that, I know that some lawyers, depending on your practice and your firm, you may not even have a choice. I get that, but But if you do have an option as to what you want to pick, Mike, what would you say would be some of the reasons you would steer people toward an Apple, a heavy office, you know, product office versus Mm -hmm. a Windows or even maybe an Android aspect as well? Well, first of all, it's cheap. I mean, Apple products are not Apple products are not cheap. Windows products to get started are Uh cheap. But the thing is, in order to, and this sort of goes to my second answer to your question, is that they're easy to upgrade. So although you may be getting a cheaper device, yeah, you're still going to need more resources than initially apl- supplied with that purchase, whether it's more right. RAM, a bigger hard drive. Right. Now, they're easy to upgrade versus the Mac devices because everything's now soldered in, which is driving everyone <laughs> nuts. Right. You know, right. I, I remember putting in a different hard drive, swapping in a, you know, a spinning drive for a solid state drive. You know, I, yeah, I, me too. I, you know, <laughs> back, back in the day or adding in my own RAM, even on a Mac, but you can't do that anymore. So if you if money is a problem, especially when you're starting off as a solo, or if you need to expand quickly because you've got new staff, but you don't have the money yet to be purchasing the, the really solid machines, it's easy enough to buy something cheap, upgrade later. And then lastly, a lot of, of today's legal programs don't require many pieces of software to download. Mm, so, yeah, I mean, everything's cloud-based. online, everything's yeah. cloud-based. And, you know, because of that, you know, you can get away for a while with some of the cheaper pieces of Windows machines, but also the software, you know, that's the reasons why I don't like it. We won't get into that one at <laughs> least with this answer. But, you know, the thing is, for instance, though, when it comes to downloading software, I really do love my Daylight, which is on a Mac, which yeah. is a client relations management program that syncs in nicely with Apple Mail. And although cloud is you know, the way everyone's going, I really do like having a solid copy on my computer that does not require internet access to look at it when I'm offline or God forbid we run out of power. Right, right. Excellent. (laughs) Okay. So here's a last question that I know I would love to hear a little bit. How about three favorite tech hacks that you utilize to make your office technology sing? What are some tech hacks that you can share with the audience, Michael? Number one, you're always trying to save time, make your life easier, figure out how to use keyboard shortcuts. You have a great program on Text Expander. It works both on Macs and Windows. And we'll be sure to put a link into that, your presentation. Your two, you have two courses, if I remember correctly. <laughs> I do, um, yes, thank and you. I'll put that in the notes because you need to be figuring out how to make, whether it's long or short snippets or pieces of text or paragraphs or letters or formatting, whatever, that yeah. if you could do it in a couple of keystrokes. I mean, I, like for instance, 
one thing I constantly say to my clients at LET, it will pop out as let me know. Yeah. Uh, if I'm sending an email or a fax to the agency about a specific veteran, you know, his name, his social security number, et cetera, I will type dot VET, allow me to put into it the veteran's name and the veteran's social security number. It will then pop out the veteran's name mm. into the subject line and then back into the body of the email. I'll get both the veteran's name and VA claim number or social security number. And then that's all formatted for me. I mean, yeah. those are some very simple, easy things to do, but it makes life easier. The second is calendaring programs like Acuity Schedule or Calendly. I use both, oh, yeah. one for the firm, yeah. one for the, the blog. And it saves so much time in going back and forth on trying to figure out people's schedule in order to you know, figure out what's a good time to talk. And also it allows right. you to set when you're available. So people aren't scheduling right. times like I know I don't like talking to clients in the morning because I'm trying to take care of other stuff. So I, you know, I'm available from like three to seven on certain days and, you know, 12 to six on others. And you can block off times when you have, you know, other appointments that'll be done automatically for you as, as you create right. the appointments and the syncing back and forth between your CRM and your calendaring program. Yeah. And it just makes life a lot easier. Plus when you have virtual receptionists, they can just look at that and say, oh, <laughs> he's available that day. Right. Or that day. And then, Lastly, and my understanding is there's not really anything comparable for Windows, but on Mac, there's a program called Hazel that oh, does a yeah. lot of functions for you automatically. And for instance, automatically filing of client files to particular folders, or if you have, like when you download a DMG file to expand into a program that you're trying right. to use on your program, well, what I, I have a Hazel rule that will automatically delete that after five minutes. So oh, I don't nice. have to go into okay. the downloads folder. Right. Goes in the clean it up later or something. Exactly. And it, it just, it makes life a lot easier. So there's nothing that I'm aware of for Windows. And I was listening to a Mac Power yeah. users podcast with someone who does a lot of Hazel programming, but also does both programming on Windows and Macs. And he's not aware of anything that's on a Windows machine that you can use yeah. as comparable. I haven't seen anything. I've seen some people come up with like some, you know, some hackery stuff that they've, right. but you know, nothing that I would ever want to have like a business professional or a lawyer have to deal with. Right. Right. But Hazel just makes it so easy just to set it up. It's almost like it just automates some of those, you mm -hmm. know, tedious tasks that we would normally have to do in the first place, but that's just great. I know Davis Sparks is a big fan of, of Hazel as well. Oh yeah. And I can't say more than enough about it. Now, one actually interesting thing is, Sometimes you find, feel that you might be getting a little bit overwhelmed with all the different rules that you can create. And, right, you know, right. Right or wrong, I my virtual assistant, I actually had her do some programming for me. You know, I showed her how to set things up because there's like a long list of clients and other things I was trying to catch up on because, you know, it's administrative work that, right. you know, you kind of gets put to the side because you're trying to practice law. Oh, those are those are great things to share. Thanks, Mike. I always appreciate it. So uh, here's here's a sign off. I know that you ask this a lot of people. I kind of feel silly asking you because people listening, they know where to find you. But Mike, where can people find you if they want to know a little bit more about the things that you write about? And obviously here, you know, go back and, and listen to some of the other older episodes of your podcast. Where can they find you? Well, you can find me at the page. Yeah, at the techsavvyler.page podcast, where you can find me on Lipson and Apple Podcasts and anywhere you get your download podcast feeds. And you can always email me at michaeldj at the techsavvylawyer.page. And oh, Jeff, that's great. I, 
I want to thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. And where can people find you? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, the, the the two things I think that most people would enjoy the most is I have a blog that I usually do some video reviews on called appsinlaw.com. Mm -hmm. And that's always a lot of fun. And then um, if you're interested in hearing about some of the news or some of the updated things, we Jeff and I just do our quick podcast called In the News and it's inthenewspodcast.com. Well, don't say it's just a quick podcast because it's a good podcast. And oh. I am a subscriber. And, oh, I thank, and thank you. <laughs> I would encourage all of you to subscribe to that podcast and hopefully you'll, you'll subscribe to mine as well, the text out of the yes. page. Yes. And Brett, again, I want to thank you for being here and doing this. You oh, it's day. my pleasure. Thanks again, Mike. Appreciate it. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for joining me on this episode of the TechSavvyLawyer.page podcast. Our next episode will be posted in about two weeks. If you have any ideas about a future episode, please contact me at michaeldj at the TechSavvyLawyer.page. Have a great day and happy luring.